0: Hello, welcome to Her Dark Materials. I'm Faye. Hi. And I'm Rachel. Hello. This is usually a podcast where we're reading through and discussing Philip Pullman's His Dark
1: Materials novels, a chapter at a time, spoiler free. But in these special episodes, we'll be talking about the new BBC and HBO TV adaptation of the books, currently airing every week for the next eight weeks.
0: Be warned that there will be spoilers in these episodes for Northern Lights and the other books in the series.
1: So if you haven't read the books yet, Come back and join us when you're all caught up. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm really tired and a little bit confused, but I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> You've had a big weekend. I have, yeah. I did... Um... Birmingham Comic-Con this weekend, so if you picked up a business card from me, a little podcast business card at Comic-Con, then that's why you're listening.
0: Hello! Hi.
1: And it was really nice to meet
0: you. Oh, I wish I could have met you as well, but I'm <laughs> glad that you met Rich.
1: I think maybe one person was like, oh, I think I've heard of your podcast. And I was like, oh. But then they weren't sure, so I was like, maybe you've listened to one of the many others that we know exist. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hi to all our other His Dark Materials podcast friends.
1: Mm-hmm. Um...
0: But yeah, that's really cool. I'm sad that I wasn't there, but I'm glad that it went really well.
1: Yeah, it was it was good. I had a really good time. I that was my first ever Comic-Con.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So like I've been I've done some smaller toy conventions and stuff. And I, we went to that Buffy convention last year. We did. Um but like I've never been to like a proper big Comic-Con as um as an attendee or as an exhibitor. So uh-huh. this it was like it was amazing. Honestly, so cool. There was... Some of the cosplays people were wearing were, like, mind-blowing. And everybody was so friendly and so, like, smiley and happy and kind. And, like, it's just... I think Comic-Con's my new, like, safe space. Aside from the fact that, like, every time I tried to slip out from behind my table to go to the loo, I couldn't... You can't walk quickly or in a straight line because there's so many people. But at least the people that are... It's not, like, London commuter crowd yeah it's like happy people in like amazing costumes crowd so at least it's not yeah. like angry
0: i do like um cons con spaces are always such like you said safe spaces and yeah full of like-minded people doing like-minded things and yeah i really like them i haven't been to one well we went like we said we went to the buffy con but i haven't been to an official comic con for a long time i think the last one i did was maybe sheffield
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I've never somehow I've never done one, despite identifying myself as being quite a quite a massive nerd. I've never gone to one, probably because I've always been a little bit scared of the idea of all the crowds. But.
0: Yeah, I think it's you have to get used to it, but I do think that they are definitely worth doing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and absolutely amazing time. And I will but be t- I will be coming again, Birmingham, yeah. and hopefully I'll go to the London one and maybe the Manchester one all the cons yeah work my little socks off make more things sell more things yeah. <laughs> hopefully my friend sarah was my absolute lifesaver this weekend and she came with me to help me run my table uh we stayed at her dad's house in birmingham so it just saved my life basically and all the trains were a nightmare and then we finally got home last night knowing that we'd already missed watching the tv show <laughs> at the at the right time and um I think we sat down at like half past ten last night and we're like, it's time. His dark materials. Let's watch it. Um, so I might not remember a lot of what happened. That's because fine. Because I, made I some... was broken. I was a broken <laughs> person watching that show.
0: <laughs> I made some notes that I probably won't be able to read, but mm. we'll give it a go. Yeah, I, I watched it when it when it was actually on and I was like, oh, I can't message Rach because she's not watching at the same time. And I yeah. was like, oh, okay. Um. But yeah, I suppose let's get into it. I thought that... Overall it was a good episode. But I've kind of thought that about all of them so far. Haven't yeah. really like disliked any of them. Um, I think that it was good to see like so much of the Egyptians and their kind of lifestyle. I thought that was pretty true to the books. I like the way that like the birds looked and stuff and yeah. like the um I suppose like the props and things that they've used for the birds I thought were was really good. Um I think one of the things that jumped out to me, and I think i have I've seen somebody say it on Twitter, is that they're quite sporadic with their like use of demons. Like sometimes you'll see like a big group of people, but you won't see any of their demons. And I don't remember seeing Marcos' demon at all, and she was quite prominent in the show this so time around.
1: When they're walking uh you know, there's like the grassy area and Lyra walks across that plank when they're having their like shouty conversation. Uh, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um you definitely see Marcos' demon. She's a bird. Uh, okay. so you definitely see her wheeling around, and I think they get away with a lot of oh you can't see these demons because they're in the rafters or yeah. they're, in, they're flying overhead and we're not looking there right now. Yeah which is so, it's fair yeah. because
0: it's obviously must be such a lot of work to get them into every scene but those bits like uh, where uh, I noticed it the most really where Mark Oster and, and Lyra are in the kitchen and they're she's teaching Lyra how to cook mm. like Egyptian and you can't see any demons.
1: Yeah you kind of want Pan to like be near the fire and, like, send his little whiskers or yeah. something and have that little moment, perhaps. Oh, my God. He did a little yawn and it was the cutest oh. thing I've ever seen. We all just did a little, like... Well, Johnny didn't because he's too stoic to find things like that adorable. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, me and Sarah are both like,
0: oh, that little face. He's so cute. so
1: cute. But, yeah, I think,
0: like we said last week, they're definitely harming up that cuteness. Mm. I'm okay with it. I'm because on board. I like it a lot.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I uh, yeah, like I said, I made some notes that I can't read because I just need to yeah. learn how to like write better.
1: I was slightly distracted because I was trying desperately to eat some dinner mm. um, at the very beginning. But the Lyra being wrapped up in a net in the back of that van, the very first, yep. the very first scene, yeah, and then yeah. um, then yeah, the Egyptians have a fight outside the van with the gobblers. and take the like that. All, it all felt like a bit of a whirlwind because mm-hmm. I was also not fully concentrating but what if you were was it a bit of a whirlwind scene yeah or, it was yeah. it
0: was kind of um it was a bit difficult to like decipher what was going on like mm-hmm. i think if you uh you've come from it from reading the books on just knowing about it you would know straight away like oh like obviously there's egyptians coming to rescue lyra but it's it was quite hard to to tell that if you didn't have any like background in it mm-hmm. um and i wondered again for the millionth time is that
1: how... Do they rescue her like that in the, in the yeah, books? Yeah, I think... I don't know if they get as far as throwing her into a van, but that she's definitely in a net and the Egyptians come and fight off oh, the goblins, yeah. definitely. Okay, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think, moving on a bit from what we were just talking about,
0: uh, Ruth Wilson as Miss Coulter knocked out of the park again. And I got really upset when she started destroying all the books. I was like, no, don't do it. Books. Oh my God, it hurt me so much. I yeah. was like, oh my God, no, no. <laughs> They get on to when the Master and Mrs Coulter are talking They talk about the elitiometer and, and the Master says that Lyra arrived at the college with it Do
1: we know that? Is that a thing that we know? Like, in the books? I feel like we do find that out Because um, we know that there's a reason why she thinks she has to return it Or give it to Lord Asriel mm. Um, but I don't know if she knows that you dropped her off I can't, Honestly, I can't remember <laughs> I'm too confused today for that <laughs> I'll keep my questions
0: to did this happen in the book minimal then. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I've also,
1: I was trying to read the next chapter um, for our next pod, mm-hmm. but I've been like just trying to like get through it without making my notes and I've been really, really sleepy. So I've been doing that classic thing of reading a couple of pages and falling asleep. <laughs> and so I'm really confused about what happens as well. <laughs>
0: I haven't looked at that chapter yet. but um, uh, I wrote a note that just says Anne-Marie Duff because... I'm assuming that people are going to be upset with me in the first episode when I was talking about Mark Oster and I couldn't remember her name, her, the actress's mm-hmm. name. It's Anne-Marie Duff of Shameless Fame and many other things that she's done. Um, but I wanted to just... I did look, look at IMDb and I was <laughs> did like... Did IMDb it? Yes. yes. I liked that we saw more of her. Um, I still think that maybe what you said is is right about her. Like She's not the like, ass-kicking Marcosta Oster that... Maybe we're used to in the books. Yeah,
1: I always imagined her being someone that you... Like, you know when you go over to your mate's house and their mum scares you just a little bit? Like, (laughs) she's probably a lovely person or whatever, but she's, like... You've seen her, like, shout at your mate for not putting their stuff away. Yeah. Like, enough times that you know not to get on her bad side. Yeah. And that's what I want from Marcos, where I want that edge. I've not quite got it. She's too lovely. Mm. And she's, like... She's being fun, and she's being, like quite strong-willed, but she's not got that edge of like, I don't want to get on a bad side just yet. Yeah. I think we'll get there. Yeah, but like, I hope so. Yeah.
0: She's very loving with Lyra. Um,
1: yeah. We get to find out that she was the nanny that looked after Lyra. And also, she just drops a
0: bomb about Miss Coulter being Lyra's mum. Which, I, I don't know how I felt about that. Because I don't know if I felt it was a bit of a... I felt like
1: it deserved more like the moment that it got. I wish they'd been closer together yeah. when they had that conversation because they were obviously shouting the information across that divide in the hillside. The, like, hillside? I don't know. It was grassy. There was yeah. a plank. <laughs> um, and I did want them to come a little bit closer together and have more of, like, um taking Lyra by the shoulders and telling her this information when she's trying not to listen kind of thing and, like, yeah. more of that, like, heartache and strife in there mm. because when they were just shouting, you couldn't necessarily tell... Why they're shouting? Like, is it because they're far away? Or is it because it's an intense moment? Mm. Like, Yeah, that's
0: true. That's true. I think it deserved a little bit more. We hear that conversation um, and then it moves away from it very quickly. You kind of see Lyra a little bit um, trying to process it throughout the rest of the episode, but not much. Um, I feel it might be that it's next episode or a couple of episodes time where she starts to actually think about it more, process it, talk about it with other people as well. But it kind of, it was a bit isolated. I think uh, she got told that she that Miss Colter was a mum and then she had a bit of a scream about it and she was a bit upset and then that was it really. There wasn't much else to it.
1: I guess in the books you, because you learn a lot more about her internal processes, we get a lot more of like a view from inside Lyra's head. Yeah. Perhaps more is made of it because she's thinking about it a lot but it's really hard to bring that across in a TV show. It's true. Because like, we can't tell what she's thinking. So maybe everything that she's... Maybe when she's cooking with Mark Costa, she's thinking about the fact that her mum's Mrs. Collar kind of thing. Like You can't... Is that before or after she finds out? I can't remember. But there are other points have, in the episode yeah, where she could... She could yeah. be
0: thinking about it, but we just don't know. True, but I suppose it's it's a, you kind of need to get that across on screen somehow. True. And maybe they will spend more time on it yeah. in future episodes. Uh, Lord Boreal um, going between the worlds again. Yeah. I saw a couple of days ago that Lin, Manuel Miranda, tweeted that the little portal um, that he steps through was right on the property of where he was staying when he was living in Wales. Aww. He tweeted a lovely picture of his family who stood in front of it and he was like, I've been waiting to tweet this and now oh, the episode's so here cute. and I can tell you all that it was right by my house. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it was cute. I um, really loved um, Boreal's little our Oxford outfit, little, like, the oh, changes yeah. outfit, had, like, a little denim black jacket on and some trowel, and I was like, great, He's gray, he cool. a stylish man. Yeah. I
1: feel like I just want to piggyback off the back of the Angel on Top podcast with Bi for Boreanaz and just have Bi for Boreal. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Everyone could easily be Bifur Boreal, because he is, True. he is fine. Whatever world he's dressing in, he's going to dress snappy. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> I, I lolled when his car got clumped. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just gets brushed over. The next time you see him, he's driving. He's like, what did he do? Does he does he have some snips in the back of his car? Like, yeah. what's he done? Has he had a little phone call with the council? And then yeah. like, so guys don't have any money because um, I'm from a different world. So, <laughs> And he's like
0: still tapping away on his phone, like texting someone that we don't know. Because mm. uh, he goes to see, I'm sure this I'm going to call him Coffee Shop Bam because that's what I called him last episode. He's definitely got a name. I feel like we find out his name this episode. Yeah. I, could, I can scroll through IMDb while you chat if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, So they um, have their conversation and then he, he leaves and it was really rude when he left because he was like, I can show myself out and then like swung the door open and just let it swing back behind him. Yeah. I was like, rude? Yeah, really rude. No need. <laughs> like, this guy's doing you a favour. Yeah. But we still don't know, I suppose, the extent of also, their got- relationship.
1: We got to find out, um, now that we've seen a better picture of, uh, Stanislaw Grumman, uh, that he's played by Andrew Scott. who <gasps> hot I, priest. I, I love him. I love him so much. I'm very excited for that portrayal. Very. Yes.
0: I, I put in my notes, hot flea by priest is John Parry. hmm. Also, he's Moriarty and
1: Sherlock Holmes. I've never seen that. Well, hopefully that entices you to watch it because he <laughs> is exceptionally just, he stays sexy. He's good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I am looking forward to that portrayal because I knew that he was in it because, again, Lynn had tweeted a picture with him saying, I think it was at whatever like premiere they did for the show with him saying oh, um, that he was in it, but he didn't say who he was playing because obviously it would be a bit yeah. spoilery. And I was like, oh, cool. But then I, I forgot. And then when I saw that picture, I was like, ah, it's the hot priest. Yay. Yay. Playing a really good character as well. Thomas. Thomas. Thomas is
1: the name of Coffee Shop Man. Okay, Thomas. And he's played by someone called Robert M's. Great. Good to know. Yeah, love I it. I, I will him call anyway. him
0: Thomas from now on.
1: Yeah. I will completely forget immediately. <laughs> Thomas.
0: So. <laughs> we're, so we're already learning about Will and his mum. Yeah, and we see a picture of Will. Mm. Hmm. Um. He's uh, really cute. He's so super cute. Played by Amir Wilson. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So, do you think then the way that they're going about this—are they keeping Will for the next series, and we're just like they're just peppering in a few references here and there to him and his dad and his mom,
1: or do you think we'll actually see him this series? In my head, what I feel like where it's going to go is that we. Are finding out about all of the behind the scenes workings that must have to have been in place in order for book two to start where it starts yeah so uh, like yeah. there's a reason will's mum is paranoid and we're going to find out this is probably why mm-hmm. and obviously everyone else is going to think it's because she does have mental health problems which was mentioned in this episode mm-hmm. um but she thinks they're being followed and we're finding out in this episode already, that Boreal is sending people to follow her. Yeah. So I wonder if that's going to be the pre, like, preamble to that.
0: Yeah, so they can jump into it straight away without having to lay as much down. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I do like it, like I said last week. I like week. it a lot. I really like that they're jumping between the books. Um. Yeah, I, I really liked that bit. Yeah, I thought the I think we said this was the first episode, but like visual effects wise, like the airships really looked great. I thought this episode like they looked super real, realistic. Yeah. I mean, obviously they're not real, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I feel they didn't like look
1: like it was CGI. The demons had some really good moments this episode. I uh-huh. really enjoyed um, the whole conversation that Lyra has with Vardikorum. Yeah. on the bow of the boat. Yes, and then um, his his demon is interacting with Pan, and um, he's having a conversation about like. Demons settling, mm-hmm. and Lyra being like, I don't ever want Pan to settle. And him being like, Well, if you don't like the form that your demon settled in, it just shows that you're a discontented kind of person, mm-hmm. which is like, Oh, must be so sad. Yeah. <laughs> but like, just interesting that all these conversations coming through and that he links it back through to Mrs. Coulter. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know why Mrs. Coulter's monkey is a demon. Demon is a monkey. Monkey is a demon? <laughs> I mean, that monkey is <laughs> a it demon. It is a demon. <laughs> um, but then we get that wonderful scene with Mrs. Coulter and the monkey attacking Thomas's not Thomas's friend. Billy Costa's friend someone that I can't remember the name of. Yeah. Um the, oh, the kid with oh, the oh, Benjamin. Benjamin. Benjamin, yeah.
0: yeah. That was really good. Um I there was a weird moment where she's like sat on his back, slapping him. Mm-hmm. And I was a bit I didn't really get that.
1: I think it was kind of um that like monkeyishness yeah. of the way that she attacked and the way mm. that she was sat on him it was very predatory and it was very much like I think if a monkey was going to pin you down that's how they, it was very similar to how the monkey was pinning the bird and how yeah. he was sat I think maybe they were just trying to get that m- mirroring in yeah of the way she was positioned
0: I really liked when um when he died and uh the monkey like looking at the, like, uh, I suppose, what would you call it? The dust, dust, almost. Yeah, Yeah. coming off the dead, like, demon when it disappeared. It's cute.
1: Yeah, (laughs) this is the thing. He went from being, like, he is being evil. This poor bird is pinned to the floor, and the bird was done so well. And that you could see the pain in, in the face and all this stuff. And then suddenly he goes from, he's evil, he's pinning this bird to the floor, to, oh, pretty sparkles. Yeah. And, like, then he looks cute and full of wonder. And like, Mrs. Coulter has some of those moments too, mm-hmm. where like, uh, when she's looking at the peeping bug, is it peeping bug? The spy beetle? A spy fly. Spy fly. Mm-hmm. Rhymes, I should remember yeah. it. And she's kind of like, has that similar expression on her face of like, wonder at something being cool and pretty mm-hmm. and stuff. I've had a few good moments with Mrs.
0: Coulter. One where she was walking on the, um, like, ledge mm. outside um and another and the
1: monkey was trapped at the window yeah really worried yeah for...
0: it, i think it paints a picture of her being very unstable especially yeah. you see her like tearing up Lyra's room and then you get the shot of the so you see her starting to tear up the room and the monkey kind of closing the door a little bit and then we cut to a different scene and then we cut back when benjamin and uh billy costa billy costa is, oh, is billy costa the tony costa i was like billy costa's the kid that's gone missing
1: yeah i apologize for earlier when i definitely called him we billy. Mean tony. um <laughs> we mean tony.
0: so when they when they they enter through that room i think oh they're, they're in that room at some point but it's very quick and you see it really quickly that they go through that room and it's completely fucked over
1: yeah
0: um and i really liked that because they didn't spend too much time on it and it was a good way to do it i think
1: yeah, it felt very sudden. Her, like, she's, like, stroking the, like, fluffy bedspread or whatever, and then suddenly she's, like, ripping everything apart. Mm-hmm. It's a really... Yeah, it shows that she's unpredictable.
0: Yeah, and we see her on the um surfer as well. Um I think it's before Lord Boreal comes in, or it's when he's there, and she's just completely, like, still. Like, and she looks really... um Meditative? Yeah, like, yeah. very... You can tell that she's, like, Discontented, she's she's angry, she's upset, she's very like tense. Oh, okay. Um so she it's a bit of a weird mix of her looking calm and also like she could literally just smack the shit out of you any minute. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that as well.
1: Um I guess the calm before the storm, right? Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. When somebody's like Yeah, a s like stony facial expression, but they're seething underneath. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um yeah, so I thought oh, yeah. They've all been great episodes for Ruth Wilson, but yeah. this is another one on the list of great episodes for Ruth Wilson, because mm-hmm. she's doing such a good job. I did think that the breaking and entering from Tony Costa and Benjamin was the loudest breaking and entering ever. I know that Mrs. Coulter lives in a big apartment, but yeah. they did not try to be quiet at all.
1: And the fact that she didn't come immediately, I kind of thought she wasn't home. Yeah. And then obviously the monkey season.
0: Yeah, because I thought... When they were first being super loud, I thought maybe, oh, maybe they know that she's not home and that's why they've gone yeah. on this particular night. But then the monkey comes and I was like,
1: guys, keep it down. I found it really interesting that Lyra was like, take me with you. And then also tried to stop him going. Mm-hmm. And then she gave him the advice to look in the like, secret compartment in the desk drawer. Maybe she didn't explain properly, but I was kind of surprised he didn't find more because he didn't get the plans for the station. Yeah. He didn't get the plans for the machine.
0: Do you think that she's moved them?
1: Oh, that could be true. Yeah. Maybe
0: she figured it out and moved them. Yeah. Uh,
1: or maybe she just moves them around anyway. To, but stop she's yeah, but she's kept the list with all of the names of all of the children, which is interesting because I would have thought she wouldn't care about the names.
0: That's it. Is interesting. It? It's like a register. Yeah. Uh, like at school, and I was a bit. Why? Why have they written down the names? If, yeah.
1: That you don't want to get caught, surely. Like, why would you hang on to that? It's.
0: It's like thieving something, like, stealing something from someone, and then, or, like, being a general thief, but then writing down everything that you've stolen.
1: Yeah. Well, you've got to do a tax return. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. But Lyra did an interesting job of her first read of the Alephiometer. (gasps) After being told, you're never going to read it, you need loads of books, she was like, eh, I'm going to give it a go anyway. She's... Good for her.
0: The shots of that were beautiful. Yeah. It looked so nice, and the fact that the um, theme music that we hear at the beginning came Mm. in while she was looking at it, it looked really nice. I really liked that bit. I think for viewers, Mm -hmm. it's still a bit up in the air as to how the alethiometer works. We've been told. Yeah. But I think it's quite. It can be quite difficult to grasp how it does work. I'm interested to see how they deal with that a little bit more because as a viewer if you're watching her obviously you're watching her point the hands at different symbols and she's yeah. explaining what they are fine but then it comes to an answer and she just has it immediately and it's That's part th-
1: of her gift isn't it though a little yes, bit in that she
0: can find that meaning is it obvious yet because yeah. it's it's a bit like
1: oh okay i didn't how think did she it was there? super obvious that um what was on top of the hourglass was a skull because it's I guess it's supposed to look like quite an abstract drawing I mean I know that there's supposed to be a skull on top of there I don't know I didn't think it was yeah. a skull I uh, sorry I didn't
0: think it was an hourglass I was like why is that the, the why is it just a skull on a stick and then she was like oh it's an hourglass I was like,
1: yeah. mm. I've just bought my first deck of, kind of tarot cards and I've ah! started listening to a tarot card podcast and I find it really interesting because it's all to do with layers of meaning mm-hmm. and I get the same impression from the alethiometer. Mm-hmm. There's all kind of stuff that interests me. And I like that idea that Lyra's able to see the hourglass. It could be time. She could be asking the alethiometer, what time's dinner? Mm-hmm. And that could be what the hourglass means. But then there's the skull on top of it giving it that extra mm-hmm. layer of meaning that it's time is running out, it's death, it's this kind of thing. And she's seen the serpent. She could be asking a question about a snake, but she knows that it also means sneaky and cunning. And yeah, it's deciphering the layers of meaning within within the symbols i find really interesting definitely Um, I i
0: really like it i just think that and we oh god we will see so much more of it i think as a first proper glimpse into it it actually working for her it was really good i think we just need a little bit more of how she's come into the answers i know it's her gift but i think we need to be shown that it's her gift um yeah and that she's not just
1: I think that'll come when she starts to frame more and more complicated questions as well.
0: Yeah. But I think as a first look at it, it it was it was really nice and it looked it looked great.
1: Yeah, whoever built the prop of the (laughs) alethiometer like, oh my god. It's a beautiful piece of mechanics.
0: Yeah. I actually really I know we've mentioned this before, but I really like that it's square. Yeah? Oh yeah, I do. I like it a lot. I, I wasn't sure at first, but now I've come to a decision. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Yeah, I saw Father Coram was really good, as in the actor and just the character. What's the actor's
1: name? I know. I've I've seen him in loads of other stuff, so I'm totally going to find his back catalogue as well. But yeah, I think he did a really good job of a grandfatherly figure. His name is James Cosmo. Great And He was in Braveheart and Highlander and Troy And he's Father Christmas in The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. He's doing a really good job. I find it interesting that he was Father Christmas in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Because Philip Pullman really dislikes C.S. Lewis. (laughs) And so it's a nice little link between the two of them there that I'm sure Pullman won't appreciate. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, No, particularly, he did a great job this episode. Especially, you can see his um, love for Lyra. um, Yeah. And... Their conversation was really nice, so we've already spoken about that. When
1: he was like, Oh, there have been times when I wish that she was different, but I wouldn't change a hair on her. And the cat looks at him like really offended, like, ugh. Oh, How well, dare. Well, sometimes I wish you were different too. <laughs> <laughs> uh we get after
0: and might not be the first, but the witches I mentioned. Yes. What yes. could that mean? Because why we're we going to Trollersund? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh so that's exciting. And marcosta going north. Is that a thing?
1: I think so. God, there's so much. God, I, I don't know if she leaves the Trollisend yeah. and it's just, just the men folk that carry on. Of course. But I would like to think that they will say, fuck that, in this series and let Marcos to come bring her north. Yeah. I feel like she'd be a good fighter. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then my last note, in all caps, scores be next week. Yay! Yay! I was like, fired.
1: Yeah. Oh. And a bear. Yes.
0: I'm excited for that too. Yes. So that was episode three. Episode four will I envision will be us meeting Lee Scoresby and IR I-, I Is that how you I- I- it? I-
1: I- I- Well we're gonna find out next week when we hear yeah. people say his name a when, billion when, times. Yeah. When we know it's wrong. Yeah. That's when we'll know. And the next episode is called Armour. Okay. So it's definitely gonna be yeah eccentric. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and then I wonder how they're going to progress after that because that's fourth episode, so we'll be like halfway through by then. Yeah. And although we've jumped quite a bit, we're still we still got so much so much more to go through. We've got a long ways to go. Yeah. So I wonder how they'll pack it all in. It's so strange and so... I wonder
1: if we won't reach the end of the yeah maybe the end of the book by the end of the season because if they're bringing in little snippets from book two. who knows it's exciting
0: (laughs) it's weird I think when you have read a book or uh yeah I suppose when you've read a book and it gets turned into a film or a tv show because I always think oh my god they're going so quick through this Mm -hmm. um mostly with films because it depends how much time you've spent reading that book because some people could read a book in a day other people it might take them months so it really does depend on how long you've spent with that book and I think that doing it as a tv tv series is new for me I don't think I've ever read a book that's been turned into a tv series so it's interesting to watch this unfold because there's parts where I think oh wow they really went through that really quick like the first episode then yeah. the second episode. Well, the second episode was more just Mrs. Coulter and Lyra, so I, I felt that that one was a bit more solidified in a time like a shorter time frame. Yeah. As in, it didn't really span that much time. This one is, I suppose, it's not been a massive amount of time, but we've had a bit like quite a big progression. Yeah. So I wonder how they will carry on with it.
1: Yeah. Again, though, I think it's things like that. Some of the, some parts of the books, they either might not bother to put it on the screen because they don't think it's relevant to like what the main characters are doing at the time. Because you do get a fair amount of like little side plots and little side stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it takes a few pages to describe a battle, whereas you can do it on the screen in a few seconds, or a fight, or a chase, or a. Whatever, you in in a book that can take a whole chapter, but on the screen it can take 20 seconds if it's done right. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if it's done wrong, depends which movie you're watching. (laughs) Um, So that could, yeah, it's interesting thinking about that adaptation. I usually like to, (laughs) I quite enjoy watching the film or the TV series before I read the book, because then reading the book, it's like, ooh, bonus content when you find out something's different and you're not like outraged.
0: Oh god, I'm the complete opposite.
1: Yeah. I do
0: not like watching something before I've read it. I have rarely done that in my life. I am not a fan. <laughs> I love books too much to want to watch it first.
1: You can get through a book really quick though. Yeah. Like, if you follow Faye on Instagram, you'll see that literally like every other week she's posting a book review on her Twitter, on her Instagram stories. Um how are you plowing through these so fast? Like I'm still <laughs> Barely finishing a chapter of a book in like a month because I would just get so sleepy.
0: Oh, I just, I just (laughs) bloody love to read. I I also
1: don't have a commute, which probably doesn't help.
0: Well, I don't, I don't read on my commute. What? Mm. I used to. And that Mm. I, when I read on my commute, I got through over 50 books in a year.
1: That's bananas.
0: I've halved it though now, like not reading on my commute. I think I'll probably end up doing about 25 this year. Um, but it was, it was just a bit too much for me like being on a really busy tube trying to read a book. I'd much rather yeah. just zone out and listen to music or a podcast. But yeah, I love I love reading books.
1: The end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wish I read more books, but I in my spare time I tend to end up doing more stuff that engages me visually, so I end up drawing or sculpting or painting. And that's why I love audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Cause then at least I can I'm engaging, like one part of my brain. Using my hands and making something visual whilst I'm like listening and I'm getting immersed in a story about something else. That still counts. I enjoy that. Wait, it's still consuming a book. It's true. If you listen to my friend Ella, who hi Ella, I know she's listened to a few of these. (laughs) She listens to her audiobooks at at least 1.5 times speed.
0: Oh, just to get through them.
1: Yeah, to like... I don't know how she does it. I wonder if I'd be able Her to The brain take... must just work so much yeah. faster than mine, because I can't... Yeah, take... It makes me panicky, almost. Like, I can't take it all in. <laughs> and then if everyone's talking really fast, I start to feel like I'm starting to vibrate on a slightly higher frequency. <laughs> I get a bit panicky. <laughs> yeah. I've never listened to an audiobook. I would recommend it. I would definitely recommend it for these. If you ever have a week where you haven't had a chance to read the chapter, definitely listen to the audiobooks, because... Yeah, they're really nicely done.
0: I'll give it a try.
1: I feel like we've kind of covered most of the things we want to cover. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Let me have a little look that I missed that I want to talk about.
0: Oh, uh, there was a bit where Mrs. Coulter calls out the master for his privilege. I liked that bit. She called yes. um she said a great, like, little monologue, but one of the things she called him a tired old man. And I think said something like tired old man with like a tired old things and blah blah blah. It was
1: to do with them hiding behind scholastic sanctuary. Yes. And her being like, I don't have scholastic sanctuary and I've managed to get to where I am because I'm clever. And you should have to be clever like me, because I don't have your privilege and I'm doing perfectly fine. And it was like, Ooh Well that's how I took it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. enjoyed that. I liked it. Um I enjoyed that a lot. And I also think, yeah, despite us, the other episode talking about how it was really nice that they've kind of um diversified the community of scholars, and there are a few more people of colour in the community that is made up of the scholars that is otherwise could be perceived as a very, very white patriarchal institution. Mm-hmm. It's really nice they diversified it, but it's also still very, very male and very, very old. Yeah. And I can see why, it, yeah, you, it needs calling out and mm-hmm. being outdated yeah and then yeah the argument of like um academia having freedom from religion which is exactly what it should be there's a reason philip pullman writes about those things
0: yeah and i think i've never seen the film golden compass but i think you said that's what they miss out of that film
1: they struggled i think um from what i've kind of gleaned from reading little bits and bobs about it is they struggled with some of the um the people that have all the money and the bigger companies that help to fund it because a lot of them are run by people that are quite religious mm-hmm. and quite um into the Catholic Church, which the books look very, very sceptically upon. And not just the Catholic Church, but like most organised forms of religion that use it as an excuse to gain power and wealth. Yeah. Which I think is kind of the whole the whole point, which is really good. Okay. And um they do a really good job of displaying the magisterium so far in this as the people with the power and the wealth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the scholars is a bunch of guys just trying to kind of learn stuff, but also in this institution that's quite old and maybe there is something to be said for finding a sneakier way of learning what you want to learn, doing what you want to do Mm -hmm. without hiding behind a privilege that's been put in place by the institution that you're trying to work around. Yeah. So, interesting. Yeah. Let's finish it on that really weird yeah. note.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening.
1: We'll be back next Friday to discuss the fourth episode of the TV show.
0: And we'll be back on the 2nd of December with our discussion of chapter four of Northern Lights, the Alethiometer.
1: Ooh. Oh, bye. Thanks so much, guys. Bye. Thanks. Bye. I'm waving at the microphone. <laughs> Yay.